Welcome to the Find and Follow podcast, where we believe life is in the light, spiritual darkness is the enemy, and finding and following Jesus is the best way to live life. I'm Scott Langhand, your host, joined by my co-host, Kyle, the beanie-wearing Kingsley. Wow. Right? Yeah, you, you're, sure. You're pretty regular on the beanies. Some, wintertime, I do I do throw a beanie on quite a bit, and I haven't got my hair cut in a while, and so it's a little bit of a cop-out. It's twofold. So, yeah. And then we're joined by our guest, uh, Jason Soschnick. Welcome, Good to be Jason. Here. Yeah, thanks for having me on. We are excited you're here today. Thanks for making the journey and joining us in the old podcast HQ. <laughs> this oh, sounds- is quite the HQ. I love it. <laughs> I love it. it you got real- PJ Mass beat. I tell you that. Who? PJ Mass. Come on. No. Nope. Yeah, yeah, that my kids are a little bit younger. I okay. apologize. <laughs> right. I don't know. I'm. I try to keep up, but it. GI Joe had an HQ, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 All right. You got them B too. All right. So there Good. you go. So I'm, I'm. I'm just trying to speak speak the language. No, we were just talking right before we push record on how low budget our HQ is. Yeah. So we no, just, it's great. We get it set up and we get it rolling. Uh, but Soschneck. Yes. Now, I'm always curious, what nationality is that? Because it's a really interesting name and yeah. the spelling of it. So, it's, it, you know, what, what, what we know about the name is it's Slavic, and we think it comes from the area where uh, Czechoslovakia now sits. Okay. So, so um, or the Czech Republic. So, w- we're not entirely sure, like, where in that area, but uh, my... Uncle on my father's side had done some research, and that's what they found. Okay. Yeah. And how do you spell it? So it's S-O-U-C-I-N-E-K. It was changed when they uh, immigrated to the U.S. because it used to be S-O-U-C-H-I-N-E-C-K or something like that. Wow. Yeah. That's good. I didn't even know you would know all of that about your last name. Like- <laughs> hey, that's I, <laughs> when you have an uncle that researched it and had time in his later years, that's what you find out. <gasps> that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's because it's an inter- and I'm sure you get it butchered. It's so interesting spelling. Yeah, now now I'm reliving uh, horrible memories of a kid because my my children are now going through school and they just came home actually at the beginning of this school year and said, uh, "Why does everyone say her last name as Susanek?" <laughs> right. <laughs> I, it, just get used to it, kid. <laughs> Welcome aboard. <laughs> you are now an official member. Uh, and so you're a friend. We've we've known yeah. each other for a long time. You and Kyle. Um, I met you through Kyle. Yeah. You guys. When did you guys meet? How did you guys get connected? Because oh, you're man. the founder and director of Project Six Nineteen, yeah. which we'll jump into a lot today and talk sure. about marriage and. And sexuality and all the stuff there, but when did you guys? Man, meet? it's been a long time. Uh, so I, you know, when I we started uh, on staff here, two thousand nine. Yeah, yeah, eleven years, eleven. And plus. Uh, I had heard about what Jason was doing with Project Six Nineteen, and specifically the stuff that he was doing in the school system from some other youth pastors in different networks. And so I think I just reached out and said, "Hey, man, I want to be a part of what you're doing." And that was, I mean, I I've, I've been doing yeah. life up close for almost since the beginning. It's crazy. Uh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. You, so he he's been a part of the entire process. So he's he's gotten to see it from its early days to now its uh, more ancient days. But uh, Kyle has has been in the classroom, gotten to see the program grow and and see what's happened. We uh, the very short uh, aspect of our story. We birthed out of uh, another ministry here in Spokane called Life Services. Uh, we were the prevention education arm of that ministry, and in 2010, the board unanimously uh, decided to to release and bless us to go out on our own. And uh, you know, since then, we've continued to grow. Our, our reach has moved beyond the local region to regional and, and even national, and even some international work as well. Uh, but we, we have a heart for for uh, Spokane, the the inland Northwest, and um, 
Kyle is one of our many great people that have come alongside and, and partnered with us to be able to share this message in the schools, in the churches, um, in the homes. And so it's, it's you, he hasn't gone into the homes, but <laughs> you get what I'm saying. We've right. been able to share this message in, in multiple places, which has been great. Yeah, and you've been a friend of Mission Church for a long time, <laughs> not just through Kyle, but you've done some workshops here, spoke on a Sunday yeah. as well. So, but what's the, what's the message and what's the, what's the mission of Project 619 for those that are listening, yeah. tuning in, go, wait, what are they talking about? <laughs> Correct. So the mission uh, is to promote biblical sexual integrity. And people might be like, well, what's sexual integrity? Uh, the, the very uh, easy way to describe it is if you've, if you've heard the word purity or abstinence, it's, it's kind of like that. But quite honestly, we don't use those words because, one, the baggage that's often associated with it, some of the culture that's associated with it. We chose sexual integrity because of, the, the first, the word integrity its root word is integer, which is about the whole person. And what we're worried about is not just one part of the body, but the entire uh, person, the entire body. And so what we want to be able to do is work with mind, body, soul, spirit. We, we really believe that when we turn to Scripture and we're starting to talk about sex and sexuality, we're not just talking about one element, but we're talking about the entire being. And so we really want to make sure that when we're diving into the conversations around sex and sexuality, that we are actually pointing towards the creator. We are actually pointing towards the wholeness of who we are. And so sexual integrity encapsulates that. And so that's what it means for us to promote biblical sexual integrity. And so we do that through working with, with pastors, with parents, uh, and then also with young adults. And then we also have our program in the schools. Um, although we're a faith-based organization, we are able to go into the schools. We do not speak about our faith. We just simply use science to reinforce the decision to be with one person rest of your life and then look at media and relationships and its impact. And so we've had a great deal of opportunity and privilege to be able to work with each of these different audiences. Very cool. And so, you know, help me out here just in case I misremember, but yeah. a lot of what you're doing now is because you're passionate because of your story. Yeah. And so we always love to hear how you mm -hmm. found Jesus. Um, and, and so would you mind sharing yeah. with, with us? Yeah, well, I mean, one, one of the uh, great affinities that I have uh, towards Christian ministry is Christian camping. Um, it's in Christian camping that I came to know Jesus, that I, I met Jesus for the first time. Uh, uh, I always say that my mom got me involved with church, I think, to correct behavior, not for right. me to find Jesus, right. but I found Jesus. Uh, and and it was through the camps that I went to. And one particular camp in Arizona that I grew up going to, one summer the opportunity was given for, for me to um, dedicate my life to following Jesus. And... Um, and, and that's what I did at 13. And uh, I, I remember it as clearly as you possibly could, that moment, that, that decision. Um, but I always say I, I, I chose to um, have a relationship with Jesus. I didn't choose to necessarily follow him until I was 21. Right. I got into Whitworth. I rededicated my life to, to following Jesus. And that was the moment where I really, which was pivotal. Pi pivotal? Yeah. Pi I just made up a word. Pi pivotal. But it, yeah, it was pivotal um, in my faith journey. And I um, knew that I was at a moment in my life where I either needed to put up or shut up. And, and so I, I just dedicated my life to following Jesus. And that was at 21. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I didn't know the camp part. That's it's so many people's stories. I have major moments in my journey of following Jesus and especially early on in high school years of making some major decisions, hearing God. There's something cool about camping. There's something cool Absolutely. about breaking away from the normal routine and spending some dedicated time with some other people, pursuing God. Uh, I just I just 
men. Your your story, every, like Absolutely. everybody probably listening has been to some camp Absolutely. and have a, a life-changing moment. And a lot of us have had God life-changing moments at a camp. And sometimes I'm like, ah, it's just winter camp or summer camp. But <laughs> no, it's life-changing. It's more than a break for the parents for a few days. <laughs> it's, it's right. That's right. And well, now in nowadays, it's a break for students to get away from their devices. Oh man! And so and so, it's a whole nether world for them to be able to experience and engage and 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 really grow in their faith in ways that they can't when they come back home, um, just because they're so tied to technology and other things. So, absolutely, I I um I hundred and this year more than any, they've they've gotten hit hard, and so. Uh, they're often in my prayers. They're often in, in just what I want to be able to consider as as we try to to help others financially in this time. The the resources, the 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 stories that are being revealed um, through those ministries, those camps is so very important. Yeah, Good. yeah. So you're married. You said yeah. mentioned you had a couple kids. What, yes. Yeah. So so married. Uh, married just over ten years. Uh, uh, three kids got uh, got some youngins, seven five three. So I'm in the thick of it. But these are the richest of years. I, I like I I absolutely love having our kids at the ages that they are. Yeah, a lot of energy. Yes, <laughs> which is great, which is super fun. A lot of energy. A lot of energy, but a lot of curiosity and discovery and growing. Yeah, uh, super fun. I we have three kids. They're nine, eleven, and fourteen. Yep. And so the and every every year, every stage, they're always be able to do something new mm. or to contribute in new ways. And you're like, hey, this is super great. <laughs> or they crack a joke. You're like, that's funny. You're funny. Or they do something amazing to care for a sibling, right? Totally. And, and just it blows me away. Uh, it's, yeah. always, it's always super fun. Yeah. So you're kind of a marriage, uh, you know, guru. Can I say guru? <laughs> is that yeah. too far? I don't know if I would consider myself a marriage. You'd have to ask my wife, but I don't think yeah. she'd say yes. <laughs> I was. I listened to one of your podcast episodes yeah. a few weeks ago. You yeah. guys were talking about marriage, yeah, and kind of a different take on it too, from a um, yeah, to, from the yeah. biblical worldview of like, yeah. hey, relationships is not about what you can just get out of it. And yeah. if you venture into a dating relationship, which we all have, like. To, to gain something for myself. Like, I want to date the cool girl or the cool guy or the pretty, you know. That's <laughs> totally. more about me than them. Yeah. And then if you enter marriage that way, where it's you're just trying to get, get, get. Mm. So it was a really interesting podcast. One thing I, I was, I'm always curious about in here, um, and I didn't hear you guys talk about it too much there, was uh, I get this a lot. So, like, Monday nights, my wife and I are leading a Financial Peace University group, mm. helping people get good with money. And a couple of weeks ago, she wasn't able to make it. Kids, homeschooling, life, right? And just yeah. was. So I showed up and uh, one of the older gals was like, oh, hey, do you feel like half a man tonight? Half a person? Because, you know, your wife's not here. And she was good intention, meant it well. Yeah. But it's a very common thing. Like, as a married person, you're a whole-ish person. Mm. But before you're married, you're half a person somehow. <laughs> And we yeah. say that that's my better half, uh -huh. and I'm always and I try to be kind, and I'm not great at <laughs> yeah. not great at kindness and yep. compassion. Kyle chuckles because he's like, "Yep." So I'm try just like, hard. "Nope." Pretty much feel good, feel like a whole person. Always felt like a whole person. Uh, I think, I think God didn't say you're half a person and you're half a person, and hopefully, luckily, one day you can get together with the right person and you become somewhat of like a whole person. And so what, what's your take on that when people talk about, like, singles? Because then you're saying singles are half a personal for yeah, their whole true. life. But when you're like, oh, you're half and they're half. And what, what's your thoughts on, on that? 
Yeah, I, I mean, I, I always, the one thing that I, when we talk about this particular uh, subject and, and in this way, the thing that I recognize is we've been influenced by the phrase in Jerry Maguire, you complete me. Yes. Like, like, <laughs> like that is, that is like what, unfortunately, we have done with the aspect of marriage in the evangelical church. Um, and I think it's, it's not just in the evangelical church, I think it's the Big C Church as a whole. And um, I, I, yeah, I, I, that phrase has been detrimental. I, I think that if we believe that another person is going to complete us, we're in a lot of trouble. I, there, there's, first of all, we just simply look at Scripture, and it says the two become one. So, so it's not two halves right? <laughs> right? <laughs> that equal the one. Yes. It's two become one. And there's some significance within that, that very little phrase, right? But just simply starting with the two, it's two whole people. It's not one half of a person. Right. And, and unfortunately, what we've done with the way that we talk about marriage in the church is that we've talked about it, and I don't know if this is always intentional, but we have talked about it in ways that, that minimizes our whole being as half a person until we are... Uh, married, which then gives the complete reflection of Jesus in our lives, because now we are, in some ways, giving back to society as a whole person. And yeah. that just simply is, is a false narrative that yeah. we've got to be able to move beyond. Right. And, and I know you, do, you know, get that message out there, but I think it's yeah. so important because it affects, one, like Jesus was single, Absolutely. So if you're going to carry that out, you're like, well, in his humanity, then God was incomplete. Uh, nope, I don't think so. <laughs> totally. He was He was a whole person. Yes. Right? He was the only perfect whole one. Yeah. Like all of us as individuals are are in need of restoration. Yeah. But God designed us, created us, said, it's good. You're yeah. good. Like that's the start of the story. You're you're complete and you're whole. I mean, sin, sin enters the picture and we need restoration. But uh, Paul even says in 1 Corinthians 7, it is good for a man not to marry. That's right. And Paul wasn't married as far as we know. Yeah. He did some awesome things for God. Absolutely. Uh, and yep. he says, hey, good to not marry. He says you, the, one of the reasons is you can have more focused attention. I love being married. Yeah. Um, my <laughs> wife and I, which, right, you're supposed to say publicly, like she might be listening soon. <laughs> I love being married. Yeah. We've been married for 17 years. We actually just celebrated this last Sunday, uh, 17 years, so. Yeah. yeah, and I, I mean, I appreciate that having worked with Jason and specifically in the Life Up Close, I mean, curriculum, like the last day we talk about healthy relationships and really helping students understand, you know, students are at that age that they, you know, their friends are dating or relationships are this thing and they feel alone or empty or struggling with this identity stuff and it's, well, if I just find the right girl or boy, they'll complete me, right, that yeah. idea. And and I mean, I, I have to go and share all these stories of of adults going, man, I'm broken and I'm hurt. And I just need to find someone to help me with that. Uh, and this lie that, you know, two unhealthy people will find each other and they'll suddenly be healthy again, right? And for students specifically, this message is, like, the best thing you can do to have a healthy relationship is be a healthy person. And the, the focus that, that we spend on that and that Jason and Project 619 and, and that we try to teach students and adults even is, hey, I, I promise you, if you work on your own self and your health and your wholeness, that's going to be the best thing for your relationship. Mm -hmm. Not trying to find the perfect person to fix you or to fix them. And uh, again, that lie that we believe that like, oh, you, you'll complete me. Or I have this missing piece and I found it. You know, it's like the little heart locket. Like, oh, I, you, you're, you're, your key fits in my heart. 
like. Right. And, you know, Did you that, have one of those? Is no. that why you bring that up? I think I had like some best pictures. <laughs> You'd open up. You're like, oh, there's Lindsay. Probably, that's cute. Probably. I. My wife will just say that I, I was dumb because I just dated a bunch of girls for random stupid reasons and <laughs> thought that it was better, right? I, th- I wanted to be popular. I wanted to find, I, I don't know what it was. And. I probably didn't. It's just what we do in America. Yeah. yeah. Is we just date and date and date and date. And yeah. we're not actually thinking about, well, we should, you know, date for a purpose. Like we're going to go somewhere with this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I do think that one of the, so when it comes to, to uh, marriage in and of itself, I think one of the dynamics that we find is we, we, our statistics don't look a lot different um, than the, the culture at large. Um, like when you just look at the church and you look at the culture, there there are some variances, there are some things, but but overall the narrative is is often the same, and I think it's because um, our narrative is pretty similar when it comes to singleness. Like the culture at large doesn't necessarily engage it very well, and unfortunately I don't think the church has engaged it very well. And I think this is the one place because just like you highlighted right there, Paul talks about <laughs> in First Corinthians yeah. that the, there is this blessing and and there is this dynamic and and. There is a role that is played in our singleness and a role that is played when we are married. And you are whole in both. And I think that if we could find a way to really engage in the, the aspect of wholeness and singleness, it would actually, I think, amplify and, and help a lot of marriages. Absolutely. Yeah. Because like Kyle, you're saying, you, you bring into that relationship this desire for someone to complete you, to fix you, to make it all, yeah. you know, peaches and, and roses and rainbows. I don't know if that's codependency. I don't, I'm not a psychologist or, yeah. you know, but it's just you're putting way too much on another person when that's what you need to be getting from God. Yeah. That's that, you know, identity and value and, and worth comes from God and not from the other person. And even sometimes I think we do that you know, maybe not even relationally with another person, just the aspect of marriage or relationships, right? Like you say, like, oh, it's not even that finding this person or, you know, for you, like Amy, or for me, Lindsay, it's just the fact that I am now not a single person is the thing that gives me wholeness. And and I think for a lot of people, and i working with so many young people for so long, it's not even that person. It's just the fact that there is a person, right? So it's like, it doesn't matter that it's, you know, him or her or them. It's it's just that it's something. And now I've found identity and meaning and value in the fact that I'm not that negative thing in which we, uh, you know, ascribe to singleness. Like, oh, well, I'm not that. At least I have something. It doesn't even matter who it is. It's just yeah. something. We, we look at single people a lot, and we, us mostly married people, right? I put myself in that category. You look at a, someone that they're mid-20s and single and, like, doing well in life and happy, and you kind of go, well, but what's wrong with you? Yeah. You know, because like you should be married by now. Like if you're 35 and single, you're like, you diseased or you got problems. Do you <laughs> do you not floss or what what's happening? And it's just incorrect. It's yeah. just not Absolutely. right. Yeah. Uh, Paul. I love it. Paul in weddings. Right. First Corinthians 13. Love. and What love is, is yeah. like, I don't know if it's mandatory, but it's at most weddings. <laughs> it's in some script <laughs> somewhere. Some, some handbook. Yeah. Like, oh, you're doing a wedding. You have to read yeah. First Corinthians but just a few chapters earlier here in 7, he goes, this, this is not at weddings. Uh, but those who marry will face many troubles in this life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's not usually at the ceremony. Like, no. Hey, just what, FYI, you guys are in some real trouble here. Like, it's going to be. Good luck. But well, he's, he, Go ahead. Well, no, I, I absolutely love that. Because one of the things I, I often say to those that are considering ministry is, like, truthfully, um, my wife and I just had this conversation 
because um, I was doing ministry before we got married, and it's now much harder because the time that you have to give is less. Yep. And and uh, I'm always reminded. Uh, John Stott had a friend that was married, had kids. John Stott, uh, a British theologian, and he they they had this correspondence back and forth, and he he um, wrote to this father who was in some ways jealous of John Stott, and John replied, he said, listen, you have something I don't, and I have something you don't. Yeah. And one of the things that he pointed out, he says, you have a family that you have been gifted and you have responsibility over. That, that is that is the thing that you have to take care of. And and he goes, for me, I'm going to ha- always have more time than you to study scripture, to teach it, to engage it. You just, you, you got to accept where, where you're at. And I think that that's been one of the things that has been incredibly motivating for me in understanding that. Like, I'm just not going to... A lot of what I lean on is what I learned in my single years. And and because I, I got married late. I, I got married um, at 34. And so... So, so did people, like, look at you weird? And oh, ask yeah. You, I got... Like, I actually, I got um, invited and then uninvited from conferences. Oh, really? Yeah, because I was single. They, they found out you were single? Yeah, and they I said, was going to speak to singles about choosing to wait to have sex, and I was choosing to wait to have sex and speaking on this, and then I got uninvited twice. Oh, my goodness. Twice. What? That happened twice, yeah, because I, I wasn't married. They oh wanted my. someone on stage who was married who was having sex. Um, to talk about <laughs> not having sex? Yeah. Wow. Which, like, I, I tried to point that out to leadership, and they, they just said, nope, we, we really believe that we want to have people on stage. It, it leads to less... Uh, they they believed it le- led to less sexual sin or or the ability to fall, and I was like, actually, the thing that I see in churches often is more when they are married. So yeah. I, I just it was it was a it was a eye opening experience for me through that time, and and I, I I I'm always consciously aware of it, and and I and I always when we start talking about this, I get I get excited because I want I, I'm glad that we're talking about this because I want more and more. Um, individuals in the church, not just pastors, to be able to engage in the reality, not just around marriage, but also around singleness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then, like you said earlier with, with John Stott, you're married or not married, either way, it's beautiful. Yeah. And Paul says that here, it's like, it's not a sin or wrong to get married. And so hopefully people are still listening, haven't turned it off, go, wait, <laughs> these guys are anti-married? Absolutely marriage? Not. They're all married, wait. Either way is beautiful. Either way is godly. Either way you can follow Jesus fully. Uh, Paul's just saying, hey, here's the reality. You get married, like we're saying, um, you're going to be a little more distracted in an appropriate way. You got a wife and kids to take care of or a husband, and that's a beautiful thing. And if you're single, you're just going to have more time to devote to God's kingdom in different ways. And so it's, it's good either way. I just always get like, try to be nice, but like when someone's like, you're half a person until you get married, I'm like, huh, no, wow, no, no. no. No, we're, we're all broken in need of restoration, but the start of our story, too, is the beautiful God created us. It said, image bearers, bestowed with glory. It's good. Yes, there's some issues, but I'm going to fix that, and then we're going to make it all right at the end. But this marriage thing and single thing, I think we've got to break that stigma of single is somehow horrible or incomplete or bad, and that, that married people are, are better. And I was like, eh, eh. marriage is wonderful. I'm glad I'm married. It's great. Um, but so is singleness. Yeah, um, and I and I, I uh, I've been doing a ton of writing on this lately. But one of the things that I'm always conscious of is how I even talk about marriage. And and so often we don't mean to, but we we can in, in our our sermons or in the way we talk, we can say when you get married or yeah. um, if, if you sh- uh, you should get married. 
married. And I always say, I'm, I'm really trying to work on if you're called to marriage. If, if that is, because there, there is a calling in that, and then there is an aspect of it. Because it's not about <laughs> being happy, which is what we've so often seen. It's about something right. so much more. Yes, will there be happiness? Absolutely. Right. But you can be just as happy in singleness. But I will say this. There's a pause that I can see people might have when I say there's happiness in singleness. The reality is, is we've not done a good job of talking about it and engaging it, and we've not created community for those that are single. Mm-hmm. We, we have our singles groups, <laughs> and we have, you know, but we don't invite them into our marriages. We don't invite them into um, the, 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 the bigger conversations often. And just like I was, you know, invited, uninvited from <laughs> conferences, right? Man, that's mind So So, like, I, I, I think it's a challenging perspective, and it's a challenging uh, uh, not job to, to be able to bring them in because we haven't done it for so long, but I think we need to do it more often and better. Yeah, and we even have more of an opportunity, I don't know if more of, but it seems to me more of an opportunity because there's, there, there are so many people getting divorced later in life after 20 or 30 years of marriage, so we have an older group of people that are single now. And they're not necessarily looking to get remarried when they're 55 or 65. And with modern health and technology, we also have a lot more widows and widowers where people are living longer. Yeah. And so we have a larger Glad group of older up. single yeah. people. And it's so the same with need for community. Yeah, and it's not like, I mean, it would be weird to someone 62, like, well, are you going to get married? You're going to get married? You're not like, like, I was married for, you know, a long time. Yeah. And sometimes it's tragic um, divorces, and, and but it's sometimes it's just, you know, they're outliving their spouse. And so, yeah. you know, this there's a beautiful thing there that Absolutely. can happen for singleness, quote unquote, um, for older people. And to, to back up to the, like, I always call it the marriage math, where I always go, always go back to that when people are like, you're half a person. Like, God said, here's a whole person, here's a whole person, and one plus one equals one. And people are like, what? One person plus one person is like... Be, now become one. It's not the two, you know, it's not the, the answer. It's, there's a unique thing that happens spiritually that God combines two holes and makes another whole. And you guys talked about that on the podcast. That's what I really appreciated, just this beauty and the benefit of, like, getting together with somebody and serving others and how you can do that in different ways and maybe more dynamic ways or the coupling of, of one plus one has sometimes a multiplication effect in the impact. And you guys talked about that as far as approaching a marriage and a relationship with like, hey, what can we do together to serve others and not just think our marriage is a thing that serves us and gives me something and to view that as part of loving each other. Because Jesus is clear about what it means to follow him and to love one another. And then we kind of go, but marriage is different. No, no, marriage is still love one another like Jesus loves us and to use what totally. we have to serve others. Like when people are looking for like, what's the marriage advice? What are the chapters on marriage? <laughs> well, anything that talks about how God says to love one another, like that mm-hmm. applies. And then there's a few more specific things uh, for married couples. Absolutely. So we could go on and on about this all day, or at least I could. I, I'm always fascinated by, by this. But we try to anchor around John uh, and his eyewitness account of, of Jesus, yeah. and through our through our podcast here, that's kind of our our conversation anchor. So mostly, I don't wander too much, and we kind of come back. So we're starting in on chapter fourteen, and I just 
I, I read this and I just thought again, as, as the season we're in 2020 as a launching point, that the disciples had heard some really bad news. Jesus had said, I'm going and you can't come. And they were, wait, what? Where, where? Where are you going? Can you draw us a map? Leave a note? Send us the coordinates. And he says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. And I was just struck by that with our season that we're in, that there's so many people that have heard bad news, disturbing news, um, from school systems to political things to to health and the loss of life for some folks and just so much, quote, unquote, bad news. You know, at Mission Church, we're trying to help people see there's a lot of good things that have happened in 2020, and it's a season to give thanks. But also, a lot, I know a lot of hearts are troubled, and that the answer for troubled heart is to trust, and to trust in God and to trust in Christ. And so as we, as you guys think about, like, 2020, I don't know, I think a lot of students are back online, you know, Families are at home, hearing again that their students not going back, and it's like, ah, that's that's hard news to be at like a working parent and at home trying to homeschool or other things. But I just love. It. I feel like it's kind of classic John, right? And like he's a he's a feeler. I feel like John's like this just super emotional dude. He's always talking about his feelings and heart and love and all of this kind yeah. of stuff. And so that just the depth of that those words, I just feel like. You know, the way Jesus said them and the way John records them specifically, how he heard them is like, don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't like it. He's speaking to this depth of feeling and emotion that they were dealing with. Right. That it was real emotion of interacting with Jesus, loving Jesus and having this depth of intimacy with their savior, their teacher, their friend. And now he's like, hey, this relationship, the way you know it in a physical sense is coming to an end. And they're just the depth of that sorrow, um, which you know, Jesus in other times, I mean, talks about those, the ways that we emote that way. But he's saying, hey, I don't want you to feel this depth of sorrow. Like, you don't need to be. It's, it's not placed in the right thing. You're, you're being sorry and sad and, and hurt for something that you can actually rejoice in, right? And that we can, you can place those, give me those emotions and let me deal with them. Um, but you can trust in me because there's, there's something better, so I think a lot of times it's so easy for us to focus, like you say, right now with what's happening or what we, our perception even of what is or isn't happening or all that kind of stuff. And I think there's so much truth in Jesus saying, hey, trust in me. There's something better. I have something prepared. I, I got a plan still in the, in the midst of all this. Yeah. Yeah. The idea that 2020 was a waste or it's just not, not good. Like, wait, what? No, no, time out here. Yeah, there's been some tough news, some hard times, some some rough seasons. My wife and I own a business, right? It got shut down for three months. Like, yeah, that that it wasn't great. Like, we were wondering through March, April, May, like, is this gonna be viable? Like, is this gonna come back around? And you know, but don't be troubled through any of that. Like Jesus saying, "I got you, I got you." And he literally follows that up. He goes, "I'm gonna go away and like prepare some rooms in the house. Don't worry, I'm coming back." I wouldn't go away and get stuff ready and not come get you. Like, don't be, don't be troubled. There's a trust there. But it can be kind of tricky. Um, like, Jason, if we can pick your brain, too. Uh, Washington State just passed a bill, right? Some, some troubling news. I know it has affected a lot of people yeah. with sex education, mandatory in uh, school systems and what that looks like. And, you know, sometimes it's just tidbits and headlines. And maybe I, and I don't understand fully what, what's, you know, what's been passed. But there's a... Apparently, a lot of graphic things and some stuff that's yeah. maybe too too much too early for kids to be hearing about sex and sexuality and in a classroom setting and not in a home setting. 
and it could be some troubling news for some folks. What, how could you, could you help some people that are, you know, maybe feeling <laughs> troubled by that and going, yeah. ah, it's going to ruin everything. And it's, speak to us on that, please. Well, I, I guess I would start by just even saying, you know, I think that we're going to look back on 2020 in many ways, and it, it, it is going to be a pivotal year. Like, I, I, I think about my own life, there's just ways that I'm stepping out um, and engaging that I hadn't done before and need to. Yeah. Um, and there's ways that we're, we're learning to lean in and trust in ways that we never planned on, like you were talking about with your business. And I think it's been true with ministry. I think it's even been true with marriage. Like, you're, you're around... You can either see this as a curse or a blessing, and I've 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 chosen to see it as a blessing because it has been really great being at home as much as I've been, being around my family as much as I've been, uh, and being able to spend as much time with my kids. And um, it, it, in honesty, like it's brought up stuff that we've had to engage that I don't think it wouldn't have come out for many years because we just got all this time together. Right. And so I I actually believe the hard work that we're doing now. Um, it happened because of 2020, but I believe it's going to bless us long into the future. This podcast is a result. We wouldn't have done live streaming, Absolutely. so therefore we wouldn't have like had to figure out all this stuff. And yeah. so you sitting here is a result of 2020 and going, Absolutely. how do we get the good news about Jesus out to more people, right. the whole person? We can talk about sex and sexuality yeah. and marriage, but it's like, what's another way? Well, podcasts, like yeah. video things. So Absolutely. No, absolutely. And that's why I, John's words resonate. Like I just, I, I, they are so true. And, and, I, and I feel like we just need to be able to hold on to that because I do know that this has been a really tough year for a lot of people. Um, and, I, and I also believe that there is something that happens in the, the, the tough times that build resilience and allow for us to grow. Yep. So, um, and, and I think that the SB, so you, you were mentioning the legislation that happened here in Washington State. I think that that's another thing that is going to motivate the church to do something, families to do something different. So um, it's, it, it, if you're not familiar, uh, real quick, it, the Senate passed a bill, uh, Senate Bill 5395. And then in this past election, we... Um, uh, we're voting on whether or not to approve or reject that Senate bill. Um, now, what you need to understand is that this Senate bill is is just kind of like a, a long history of stuff that's been happening in our state. Some of uh, your listeners, viewers might be familiar with the Healthy Youth Act, which was the first uh, really aspect of any sort of legislation that was happening around sex education. And Washington State was one of the few that led the way. Again, we're leading the way with this. Um, we are in many ways an experimental state for a lot of things around sex education because it's easier to pass here than in most other states. Um, yay. Um, <laughs> but, but, uh, but each time what I've, well, what I saw last time, what I'm hoping for this time is that um, groups like ours and the church has responded and engaged in ways that they probably should have been engaging long before. So I guess I'll start by saying SB 5395, the Comprehensive Sex Education Bill, um, the idea of what comprehensive was five years ago is different today. It, it's, it's much more in your face than it, than it ever has been before. Um, and I, I would just say that the overall need for us to educate youth on sex and sexuality is very important. 
Like schools needed to be doing a better job. The stuff that they're engaging our students with is outdated. I think some of the stuff that we've seen in the news is more fear tactic than it is based upon fact. Um, now, that said, there are elements of this bill that really do um, uh, worry me. They, they are going to uh, strip away a parent's ability to really engage in the conversations around sex, sexuality, and gender. Um, if they're not already doing it at home, I, I will say this. If you are engaging in this conversation yeah. well at home, right. I, I, I don't know if you have as much to worry about yeah. as the parents that are um, aren't having the conversation yep. because it will, will, it will influence. Yeah. The, the idea, and this for me as a parent always goes to the broader topic. Yes. Whose responsibility is it that my child can read? Uh, that'd be me and my wife. Like that's our responsibility. Yeah. What about math? What about history, geography? What about following and finding Jesus? Like that's our yes. primary responsibility. Too often it's just shoveled onto absolutely the school the church, the, you know, whoever else, like, cause we send them to a camp, to a class, to a group, to a thing. Now, whenever we have pe parent teacher conferences or, you know, we're emailing teachers, I'm like, thank you. Thank you. You do a lion's share of the work of helping my kid be able to read and to write. Like I am not diminishing your work, but then I follow it up and I say, but we feel Amy and I, we feel the primary responsibility that our student learns is on us. Yeah. And th they just melt in their chair. They're just like, oh, oh my goodness. They feel they have, relieved. They feel relieved because they have so yeah. many parents going, my kid can't read and it's your fault. So the same with sex education. Absolutely. Who is it to understand, whose primary responsibility is it for your child to understand what it means to have a healthy body, whole person, how God designed us, the intention for sex and marriage between a man and a wife, and to have sex you know, within that context. Don't venture out because it causes damage and hurt. Like who's... Yes. Who's... That's me. Yeah. Who is it? Absolutely. Sometimes it makes it tougher at schools if they're hearing a totally different message. I get that. And yeah. people are like, they're going to hear something totally different. Y yeah. Correct. It makes it tougher at home sometimes. Like, well, we got to re reinforce this. We got to teach this. Well, this. They say this is the right way. Like, okay. But if, how, do we, how do we help people find Jesus if we're not engaged in those Absolutely. conversations? If we isolate our kids and they come out and they're like, did you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. Where have you been for 18 years? Well, in your, your isolated bubble against the world. Like, yeah, yeah, I knew there was that out there. And I think that it doesn't help us as Christians when we blame, like we can easily blame uh, school districts or school yeah. superintendents or administration. The truth is they're just trying to respond to a crisis that they have in their schools and they don't know what to do. Right. And the only time they ever hear from parents is when they're barking at them about something that they did in response to something they've needed to do. And, and quite honestly, I feel like they've needed to respond to the issues around sex and sexuality for far too long. And what's happened is um, we, as Christian families, have not necessarily engaged until it's already out there. And, right. and I feel like that's, that's a huge loss um, for the school district, and I feel it's a huge loss for us. But I will say this. Our response um, needs to, I think, be uh, gracious in the sense that we have a great opportunity before us. More than ever before, families are worried or scared, and they are looking for information. 
And I just want to say that there is information and yeah. that our kids, I will say this, need comprehensive biblical education. They like, And that means we need to dive into the conversations around sex. They need to understand anatomy. They need to understand how the body works. God created it. Like That is a beautiful right. and wonderful thing for us to not forget. Like We are so afraid to engage in the way God made a uterus or a vulva or like all these things that allow for this beautiful thing to, to happen in our body. Um, and our kids need to know that, and they need to know it at a younger and younger age. And, and I, I would just also say that um, it, it also then dives into conversations around LGBT identities. Like, we, we, we avoid these often as Christians because we're, we're either afraid or don't want to. And, and what op- often ends up happening then is we engage in, in the ways that we do things rather than engaging in the things that we believe. And, and I think that that has a dramatic impact then on how our kids are raised, how they engage, aspects of Scripture. And, and I think that we have a huge, huge opportunity as Christians, as the church and as Christian parents, to be able to engage in this conversation in a way that we've not allowed ourselves to do in the past. And I actually think what it's going to do is it's going to allow for us to allow our kids to, if they are in a public school, to be more educated than the other kids in the class. And and we don't have to worry because what have we done? We have become the authority. We have become Google on the conversations around this. So they're already going in informed, not being informed. Right. And that's so important. And I know that your heartbeat is the proactive Absolutely. approach to life and not the reactive. Yeah. And, and you said that so well. Like, we just, like, oh, it's out there. Let's react to it. Like, where, where are we at being proactive? And it's never, for anybody listening, it's never too late. Uh, never, never too late. Yeah, can, I, can uh, I just speak to that real quick? You know, even if it's your kid's 28 years old, yes. it's never too late. Absolutely. I was 21 when my mom first talked to me about sex. And I will never Wait, forget t- it. Time out. Pause. Yeah. You just said that and blew by it. Like, yeah. f- what do you mean first time ever talking about my sex? My mom never talked to me about sex. Never shared her value. I was 21, having dinner in her home. My parents had recently divorced. And my mom, uh, I, I've shared this story often. I may have even shared it here. Yeah. But I, uh, I, I, I was there, and my mom turned to me and said, hey, you know, have you ever been intimate with a woman? And I go, mom, are you asking me if I've had sex? <laughs> like, she couldn't even use the word sex. sex yeah. And I said yes, because at the time I'd been sexually active from the time I was 16 to 21. Now, again, this was at 21 that she was saying this, and um, my mom just turned to me seriously and said, Jason, I wish you would have waited. And there were one of, uh, that was one of three moments in my life that year that led me to recommitting my life to Jesus and ultimately led me to following God's design for sex and actually choosing to wait until marriage, 34. Wow. It was my mom wow. saying that. At 21. Value, at 21. So to, it's never too late. It's never too late. Never too far gone in the story. Because that, that's God at work in your, through your mom talking yes. to you. And it's Absolutely. never too late for any sort of God restoration and healing and to do the right thing. Because I lead the podcast off with following Jesus is the best way to live life. And it's not a tagline. It's just the truth. It is. And so it's never too late to, to follow Jesus. And so as we wrap up our time, I mean, we could, we'll Absolutely. have to have you back yeah. as a yeah, second yeah. guest later. Yeah, yeah, we're good. Um, but you have a ton of resources yes. out there. Um, and I will link them 
yeah. in the description. Is that what you say? Is that how this goes? Yeah, yeah sure. Or is it like subscribe here? Subscribe here, you point to it. <laughs> yeah. No, we'll put out your resources, but um, we'll pro- 619. Yeah. Where does 619 come from? Uh, 1 Timothy 619, not okay. 1 Corinthians 619. Okay. <laughs> but each, each could work, but no, take hold of life that's truly life. It's about Jesus. It's yeah. about following Jesus, and we're just simply acting in obedience as we're following Jesus with our bodies. And I love that you guys are always about the whole person. Yes. And so we'll link all the stuff, but yeah. people, you have a podcast for parents. Yeah. So let me, I'll give you three things yep. real quick. With um, stuff. Uh, so Sex Plus Christian Parents podcast, it's available wherever you get your, your podcasts. Uh, we also uh, launched an e-course, a 10-day e-course or 10-video e-course uh, that is $25, uh, but it's it's chock full of a ton of stuff. So we were talking about the biblical, the comprehensive biblical approach. This is going to get you started. Who's that for primarily the e-course? Parents and grandparents. Okay. So yeah, it's, it's, it, man, there is a, like you're getting way more than your $25 worth. Like there is a ton there that you're going to be able to do. And if you've never had this talk, it will set you off uh, straight. And then if you um, have had this talk before, you're probably going to be some stuff that you're going to be able to gather from that and then be able to, to engage. And the last thing is a resource that we're uh, launching in January that we're super excited about. It's in uh, partnership with the Center for Faith, Sexuality, and Gender. It's called Christian Sexuality. And it's going to be, you can check it out right now. You can watch the the trailer and then sign up on the wait list to be able to get information. But it's uh, christian-sexuality.com. We've got a ton of guests on there. We've got like Francis Chan, Jackie O'Perry, Jay Stringer, who's a a clinical psychologist, uh, and, and a number of other guests. And then something like 20 testimonies that are that are going to be helping us frame this conversation and helping you as a parent, a grandparent, as a pastor, uh, to, to help engage with youth on this dialogue that yeah. is so needed. So so important. Thank you. Yeah. We'll, we'll link all that. Yep. So if you're a parent, if you're a grandparent, if you're a person that's connected to some kids somewhere, or yeah. even, even kids into their 20s, and you want to help have a more of a conversation. I know that's your guys' emphasis. Yep, it's not absolutely. just let's have a sex talk one time. No, this is conversation from for for every age of child, yes. student to young adult. And uh, love it that you guys are helping us with uh, following Jesus in this way. And hopefully, uh, you know, whole people following Jesus, single people, married people. Um, uh, just it's beautiful. It's wonderful. So we thank you for thank sharing you. with us today. Um, and Kyle, you have anything? So good. So good. Uh, anyways, thanks for tuning in. We appreciate you, uh, following along and, uh, hopefully we can just follow Jesus better today because of what we heard. You can help people find and follow Jesus by subscribing to the podcast, sharing it with some friends and leaving a review. So it's easier for others to find it.